Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. This podcast is brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Native Grape Odyssey is an educational project financed by the European Union to promote European wine in Canada, Japan, and Russia. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast with me, Monty Water. My guest today is Massimo Serra di Migini. Dimigni. Oh, ma no. Abbastanza bene. Abbastanza. Let's just say, okay. Hello, this is the Italian Podcast. My guest today is... Massimo Seredimigni. Uh, Massimo, where are you based and what do you do? I live in Chicago and I'm a portfolio specialist for Winebow. First of all, your name. Do you have any Italian blood? And if so, where is it from? A little bit. Both of my parents are from Modena. They immigrated to Chicago in 1969. I was born there in 72. Just to remind ourselves, Modena is in which region? Modena is in Emilia-Romagna. Okay, and is that Emilia sort of Lambrusco territory? Exactly. Lambrusco, Aceto Balsamico, Prosciutto. Parmigiano. So how did Tortellini. you? How did you land? Sorry, I interrupted you. But you're, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but you're quite. You're slim. You're, I mean, you're well built, but you are still. You're in shape, though. Yeah, thanks. It's not easy with Mama's cooking. Yeah. Okay. So you're working for Winebow. What is Winebow, and how did you get to work for them? What were you doing before? What was your percorso, as they say in Italian? What was your journey? Sure. So I'll start with what is Winebow. Uh, Winebow was started by Leonardo Locascio in 1980, out of his garage in New Jersey. He was one of the first garagista in in the United States and his vision was that Italian wine was underrepresented in the United States. Things were like Valpolicella and Suave and Lambrusco were around, certainly Chianti, but he felt like Italy had such a rainbow of wines, colors, flavors to offer that he thought that, you know, he should start importing other regions, other grapes, other styles. So he thought wine, he thought rainbow, he put them together and that became Winebow. Uh, Winebow has since grown into more import divisions. The Italian part of our portfolio is called Leonardo Locascio Selections as an homage to, to Leonardo, of course. So what's happening in the US in terms of trends regarding Italian wine? What are people drinking and what are people, what, what, what are people changing? What are the future trends? Sure, I mean, <coughs> certainly we all know what's happened in, with Prosecco in recent years. That's been an absolute explosion. Um, but as far as trends that we're seeing today, I think certainly a shift to lighter, cleaner white. Uh, getting away from rounder, oakier ones. Um, in fact, we're coming out with a promotion called Not Your Parents' White Wines. We're trying to highlight some of these That's things. That's a good one. Absolutely. In general, certainly people are interested in respecting the environment, so natural farming, organic. It's not really about the certification, but more so how people are working in the vineyards. Sure. Okay. When you go to Italy, how often do you go to Italy per year? A couple of times, I would say. Okay. So when you go, how do you, you don't just fly in and just say, I'll take a punt on so you actually get everything sorted out beforehand and what are you looking for at the moment what's hot I don't, I don't get any trade secrets of future trends but I mean where do you think what is strong at the moment what is going to get stronger I think some emerging regions whereas you know certain varietals or areas of Italy used to be a curse to have on your wine list or sitting on, on the shelves of your wine shop was that because uh, they were difficult to explain or exactly, they were obscure sure and maybe it wasn't just the customer not understanding them but whoever was selling them having a hard time understanding them and can Bang, you know what they were about today I think that's totally
always shifted where people are really interested in what haven't I had? You know, what, what do I want to try that's new? So now it's a blessing. Emerging regions like Monte Cuco uh, in Tuscany is really exciting. Just south of Montalcino. Exactly. And uh, on top of that, just uh, certainly varietals that people haven't tried. And we all know how rich Italy is in those. So native varietals, native what the wines made with native uh, Italian wine grapes. Exactly are, are right. Is that the sort of um, is that sort of part curiosity on behalf of consumers or even all wine bar owners, and part because uh, the professionals like you and then the, the, the again say, I think the wine, certainly they have a, a story to tell, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's a combination of the two. I think it's the the consumers certainly being more curious is driving that. So how much work do you have to do? Obviously, um, you have distribution chains, but with not only the official quotes media, the, the wine journalists and the big shots, but people posting stuff online. How, how can you steer the conversation? I think that's actually a, a, a real benefit, the, the internet age, right? Where I think the reason people used to not want to get into these obscure things is to not sound silly. And today there's so much information at our fingertips that people are really are, are going out there and trying to seek out what they don't know. Okay, and, why, and how important is wine education do you think is that incredibly a, important just just to familiar just to make people feel comfortable and not scared of, of the new and the well, different right. and the diverse right. and I think the best educators really break it down into understandable things you know relating it to to um, wine regions or grapes that people do understand and saying if you like this then you'll like that and just trying to not you know overcomplicate things okay so what's what's a typical day for you wow there is no typical day and yep. that's really what I love about my current job uh, I actually took a personality test uh, before I started with a, a before different Before you took company. this podcast, we weren't, we, weren't, we, weren't sure if we'd, we let you in the booth. So. And it said you that passed. I, I hated repetition. I absolutely hate repetition. Uh, so this is just fantastic because we do different things every day as portfolio specialists. Uh, we really focus on different kinds of events. We do one called Quattro Mani, where we bring in chefs from Italy. So that's uh, four Italy. hands, yeah? Exactly. Chefs from Italy who are associated associated with some of our producers. We do things like crew night, where we have 50 restaurants across the country pouring the same wine out of large formats on the same evening. That's good. Uh, Absolutely. And then we do a lot uh, of educational things. We have different focus periods uh, for all of our salespeople across the country. We did one on Abruzzo recently. We did one on Chianti. We did a focus period on volcanic wines. And together with our marketing department, uh, us portfolio, specialists help to put these things together. It's interesting the ones you're talking about there, the, the volcanic wines, that's a buzz term. I mean, John Charbo for the David exactly Master right. has written an absolutely fantastic book on, on volcanic wines. Highly recommend that. It was a big reference for the program. And did, did, did people sort of pick up the taste of that volcanism in the, in the wines? Not only did they pick it up, but there was that uh, of all the programs we've done recently really translated to the most enthusiasm in the market, for so sure. I guess they were sort of Etna wines and uh, Vulture wines exactly and suave as well with volcanic soil so many suave was the one that kind of freaked people out they're like wow that's volcanic soil and you yeah. can really taste it 
of organic and non-volcanic as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So what about um, weirdy beardy wines like organic, biodynamic, natural? Is that still um, on message or is it there were people getting a bit bored of that whole thing now? I think organic and biodynamic certainly on message. Uh, natural wine is a little bit polarizing I'm sure. finding with people in the market just because you want a little bit of consistency and then natural wine seems to get away from that sometimes. So is that for you obviously in, you know you don't want um, people that you're dealing with on a professional level saying you know we bought this wine and I don't want to say natural or not but no, right. um, it's, it is kind of we found that actually it's pretty almost unsellable because of the condition that it is in is that is that a headache for the guy that or the woman or the company that bought it or is it a, a problem for you as the the portfolio guys right difficult isn't it we don't have to go yeah. down that it's not like <laughs> i'm not put you on the spot but i mean uh, no not at all i think it's just a you know going back to the consistency again so you're selling a natural wine to somebody you know and they come back and say hey this this other bottle we opened is nothing like what we tasted yeah. okay so what haven't we co- uh, covered so far Maybe what I was doing before Winebow, I spent three years with uh, Oscar Farnetti's concept called Italy in Chicago, which was really a deep dive for me into the world of Italian wine. Certainly, I'd been working in Italian wine. Did you say Italy or something else? Italy. Italy. E-A-T-A-L-Y. Italy. Exactly. Okay, that's a great name. It's a fantastic uh, concept. So go on, spit that one out again. Uh, Yeah, so Italy is now about 35 stores throughout the world, and it's a huge Italian marketplace uh, with restaurants inside of it, retail components, and Oscar really believed that Italy was uh, only at about 10% of its capacity for exporting food and beverage. So he got together, um, you know, he used to be in the electronics build it, uh, business, rather, and uh, he got together with small artisanal producers and, and gave them a, a route to the marketplace. Okay, what's your, I'm giving you a free ticket to Italy, Yeah. and you can fly wherever you want. Fantastic. And you can go to three different regions. Great. Whether you work with those regions or not absolutely where are you going to go and why so I haven't done much traveling in southern Italy at all and this is after 10 trips in Italy total so I haven't been to the islands Uh, Sardinia would be stop number one Mm -hmm. Sicily would be stop number two and certainly Campania number three alright all in the south then absolutely is that because you've already been to Tuscany 4,000 times exactly right (laughs) where's your favourite place in Tuscany (laughs) well like I mentioned earlier Monte Cucco it's really really pristine production is growing year over year the number of producers is increasing and it really offers like this incredible microclimate that's perfect for organic viticulture yeah but this one basically is kind of on the edge of a volcano it's, it's the bottom end of uh, Monta, Montalcino on the way yes. to the coast so on the one side you've got the, the, the sunny beaches the typical Tuscan tourist beaches on the other side you got Monte Amiata which is the biggest peak in exactly. central Italy which has a huge influence on the climate and uh, you've got some fantastic so mountain vineyards there as well right, right. I think my, my view I'm a, I'm a little bit um, of a grizzle when it comes to Montecuco. I think um, um, I'd like to see a few more wines with a little bit smoother textures. Sure. Um, but the wines have improved recently. So another one. I'm going to give you a vineyard. Where would you go? Oh boy. You get a free uh, vineyard and you can make whatever wine you want. It'll taste great. Where are you going to have that? Have that? And you're not allowed to say Brunello. No, God, no, not at all. Actually, I'm going to go completely in the opposite direction. And one of the things that first got me so excited about Italian wine was the uh, white wines of Friuli. Brilliant. So okay. these, you know, these big whites, uh, just really lush, big alcohol and, and crafted incredibly well. But they're toning, they're toning those down though, aren't they, a little bit? A little bit, yeah, absolutely. Very, very salty. Would you be making like, quotes normal white wine or skin contact whites i think i'd be making super whites yeah a blend of the you know bianco and grigio and whatever else. okay or not uh, i don't think so no 
Okay. And what is your favorite dish when you come to Italy? Oh, God. Tortellini, but certainly so not. the them. modern influence. It is the modern influence, yeah. and unfortunately, I Mama's still haven't cooking. found any as good yeah. as Mama's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take the boy out of Italy, but you can't take Italy out of the boy. <laughs> I want to say thanks very much to my guest today, Massimo Serra di Migini. Grazie a te, Mama. Did I get it right? Yeah. Abastanza. Abastanza, just about. <laughs> um, from Winebow Imports. Um, great to talk to you. You're a very bouncy character. I'm sure you're very successful in your job. You've got a lovely personality. Pleasure was absolutely mine. And um, you, you so got much. that link to Italy. And uh, we hope to see you back in Italy as soon as possible. You betcha. Nice one. Excellent. Thanks, Martin. This podcast has been brought to you by Native Grape Odyssey. Discovering the true essence of high-quality wine from Europe. Find out more on nativegrapeodyssey.eu. Enjoy. It's from Europe. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram 